the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognising that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. And welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. Now this week I was really fortunate to be running a Q&A session with a group of adoptive and foster parents. And one of the conversations that we came round to was about masking. And I think it's something that, whilst we talk about masking a lot, it's not necessarily spoken about in the context that we need it to be. Now, since the pandemic, there's been a massive rise in the media, in conversation. I know even in conversations I have with professional groups about this supposed rise in the number of people seeking diagnosis for autism and ADHD. And people saying that the pandemic must be to blame or people are all jumping on the bandwagon. They all want to be the same as everyone else. And I've even seen some people commenting it's just because the information's on TikTok. And I feel like there's a real lack of understanding that actually the pandemic did not cause a rise in ADHD and autism. These traits had always been there. In 2020, when we entered the first lockdown, we sterilised children's worlds. We took them from their worlds of their education, their school classes, their friends, their clubs, their activities, and the opportunities that their parents offered them outside of that. And we took everything away. And in doing so, a large number of children who had conformed to society's needs for their whole lives took their masks off. Now, children learn to mask at a really young age. They learn to fit in, they learn to be the same as everyone else, they learn to follow rules and behaviours and expectations. They learn to sterilise their own personalities in order to fit in with what our expectations are. If we look at the education system, and I do not say this lightly, but I have spent 24 years working with young people, and I was a teacher, I was an early years practitioner, I was an inspector. When we look at the school system, it encourages children to all be the same. We grade them all in the same ways, we recognise their achievements in comparison with each other, we set precedences for certain expectations and outcomes that we want children to have. There lacks a uniqueness within that for children to have zany personalities, to be more eclectic, to be different. And it's why I suppose I enjoyed so much working in the college environment, because there young people came alive. They could suddenly have their own personalities and their own stamp on life and they could be different and go and find other people that were different too. We live in a world where we are all encouraged to conform and no matter how much people tell you to be yourself and to be different and to stand out, we are encouraged to all be the same. If we look at the power of the media, of social media, of television programmes, we can see how many children, young people, adults, grown-ups all feel the need to fit in. Now this creates so many issues because... When we're all expecting to fit in, actually we've got loads and loads of really insecure grown-ups walking around on the planet who feel like they're not good enough because they're not the same as everyone else. And children are no different. They spend their lives knowing, you know, if I've got to behave like this, I should be good at that. I see hundreds of children every year through my therapy practice 
who will say, well, I'm not a good enough person or I don't fit in because I'm not good at sports or I'm not good at maths or I'm not good at English. My grades aren't good enough. But some of these children are incredible artists. They're incredible musicians. They've got incredible abilities at coding or I've got children who have the most amazing historical knowledge and that's not celebrated because it doesn't fit in. And whilst I truly believe we need an education system and children do need to learn those skills because they do support us through life, we do take away the opportunity to children to be themselves, for children to express themselves in their own unique ways and there lacks a level of tolerance, understanding and knowledge about what that looks like. So when I'm teaching or when I'm delivering mental health training, I often use the term master maskers. We have so many children and young people that walk around this earth and they just see the world differently, but they have learned to put on their masks. They have become the phantoms of their own lives. That mask is secure and in place and it supports them to fit in every single day. Now, when the pandemic hit and we sterilised children's worlds and we took them out of everything that they'd ever known, suddenly those masks weren't needed anymore. Because our brains are wired for safety and home is for most children, I don't say all because obviously we know that there's a number of issues in the world, but for most children, home is the safest place. They can be them and they can express themselves how they need to, they can rule their lives how they want to, they can have their own unique personalities and needs. And when the pandemic came, everyone took their masks off, they became them. We took all the prompts out of life, we took away the school bells, we took away the fixed timetables, we took away the lessons and we said to parents, well you need to do this now, on top of trying to work from home and manage their own mental health and their own needs. And so, Everyone who had undiagnosed ADHD, and that's a large number of children, who had walked around with ADHD with inattentive traits, so they weren't hyperactive, they had never got picked up, those traits accelerated because we took the prompts out of life. We took away the visual prompts, we took away the written prompts, and suddenly everyone needed to just deal with their worlds themselves. Now, for some people, they did thrive during the pandemic, and... They were able to finally have time to do what they needed to do and I'm very aware that I was one of them. However, for many young people and adults who had undiagnosed ADHD, life became harder because suddenly all of those prompts weren't there anymore so structuring the day was really, really difficult. We know that for anyone with ADHD, boredom is a huge trigger. Being unstimulated is a huge elevator for the traits and symptoms. And suddenly everyone was bored. And we're not talking a little bit bored, we're talking really bored. And we left them in that state of boredom for nearly 18 months. And then we expected everyone to just go back to school. And when they got back into school, to adjust to needing to put all those things in place was really, really hard. And so then we ended up with this situation where we've got loads of children in isolation, be given behaviour points, they're being given detentions, they're being suspended. turning to things like emotionally based school avoidance, they cannot cope with the system anymore because they can't mask anymore and their brains have adjusted to a different way of living which wasn't conducive to their needs. And all I'm hearing and all I'm seeing is all of these comments that, you know, oh, there's a rise in ADHD, there's a rise in this, the pandemic's caused this, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. No, they're not. Everyone is just struggling in different ways because we sterilised the world for so long. On the reverse of that, we've got a large quantity of children 
who had undiagnosed autism and they were very high functioning and they were coping with the structure of the world. And when we took that away, sterilised their worlds, reduced all the stress, to go back to that feels really, really tough right now. And the number of children who are really finding life very hard and the lack of understanding support isn't there, so they're therefore just sinking. It's not their fault, it's ours. And if you follow my articles and my, that I release every week, you'll know that I spoke a couple of weeks ago about are we disregarding children? Are we failing to give them the diagnoses that they actually desperately require to allow them to understand themselves and actually identify and find the help that they need? This ties in very much with that. When we are surrounded by a commentary that people are making up that they have neurodiverse needs, we're failing them. And actually that commentary is coming from a space of being uneducated and being fearful and for some people guilt and for some people just a lack of empathy that not everybody is living the life that you're living. I really like the concept that you can have multiple people with the same problems but they're all serving them from a different plate so they will struggle with them differently. When you have an individual who has an undiagnosed need, whose world is tipped upside down repeatedly and is then going back into a world with a lot more pressure, everything has changed and they can't adjust at the rate that you're asking them to adjust. And in all honesty, I don't believe anyone is adjusting in the way that everyone expects them to. There are a large number of children, teenagers, young adults and adults who are really struggling right now because the world hasn't acknowledged that actually we changed their environment and we need to support them in different ways now. Where we have children sitting on waiting lists for two to three years, waiting for diagnosis, for many of those children they're not receiving any support, so we're seeing a spike in our emotionally based school avoidance rates, which is being dealt with through the education welfare officer role defining parents. And I'm hoping that this begins to support people to understand why this isn't working, why this system is actually failing so many children. Because those children are not, not going to school because they're being difficult, they're not going to school because their needs aren't being met. And for a large quantity of children who are struggling to attend school that I'm seeing in my therapy practice, they have very clear traits that need to be diagnosed by a professional. And Many of those children have had traits for a long time. For many parents, they have been raising for a long time that I've got these concerns, I've noticed these things, and we're not doing anything. Often because we don't see them at school. We don't see them in their education facility because those children are master maskers. So if we take nothing else from this podcast today, it's that we need to all step back and think about the children, teenagers and adults in our own lives who perhaps seem to be struggling more right now, that they might be finding life a little bit more challenging and they need us to all actually start to advocate for them, to support them and hold their hands as we start moving forwards. For those of us that work with children, we have got a really speedy process educating ourselves to be better and do better right now so that we begin to recognise what those traits of masking really look like, but also what those traits of autism and ADHD look like in children who are very high functioning. 
that they're not being difficult. It's not just a bit of anxiety for some of those children. This is something really, really challenging for them to deal with right now. So for today, let's do better, let's be better, let's learn more and start identifying those master maskers that live inside our classrooms and live inside our environments so we can start providing better quality support today. Until next time, stay safe, keep talking and let's do some more reading. Speak to you soon. Stay safe, keep open-minded and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com.